This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on AM 740 Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon. This is the Zoomer Week in Review. Libby Snymer is off today. I'm Jane Brown. The week started with World Elder Abuse Awareness Day. It's a problem that's becoming increasingly common as a large portion of the population ages. And it's a lot easier to fall victim to or even commit elder abuse than you might think. Today, I'll speak with Maureen Etkin, the Executive Director of Elder Abuse Ontario. Plus, for three days, Toronto's Kerner Hall was packed with the brightest minds and the biggest ideas for Idea City 2015. The audience was also treated to a special performance by crooner J.T. Carter of The Crests. I had a chance to speak with J.T. backstage. We'll play that interview and hear his iconic hit song. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. Elderly people are being trapped in English hospitals, according to the charity Age UK. The charity's latest study found patients spent a total of nearly 2.5 million days stuck in a hospital over the last five years. Many of the patients were waiting for residential or nursing home placements, social care workers to help them back to their homes, or modifications such as ramps and stair lifts to be installed in their houses. There are changes in the works to some of the eligibility restrictions for older people who give blood. Canadian Blood Services, the agency that operates blood donor clinics in Canada, will be lifting some of the restrictions and loosening the rules for new and dedicated donors who are over 61 years of age. Dr. Mindy Goldman of Canadian Blood Services says they want to recognize the contributions made by older donors. Beginning this fall, older donors will no longer have to provide a letter from a doctor. Canadian comedian Tommy Chong has revealed he is suffering from rectal cancer, but says he feels great in part to his use of marijuana. One half of the dope-smoking Cheech and Chong says he still smokes a little, but he also uses marijuana oil in a somewhat unconventional way. I, I do uh, suppositories. That, that, it treats the, that area, the affected area, and it also gives you a, a, a manageable high. You can be high all day on this oil and, and still function. Chong, who is 77, was born in Edmonton. And finally, a British couple has become the world's oldest newlyweds who married after 27 years of living together. George Kirby is 103. His bride, Doreen Lucky, is 91. Both were married previously, and between them, they have seven children, 15 grandchildren, and seven great-grandchildren. The pair met in 1988 and hit it off almost instantly. But after 27 years together at the prodding of his son to finally make an honest woman out of Lucky, Kirby proposed to her on Valentine's. He says he didn't get down on one knee, though, because at 103, 
he didn't think he'd be able to get back up. I'm Jane Brown, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. The term elder abuse has only been in our global consciousness for less than 10 years. The plight of older people who are being financially or physically abused has come to light through events such as World Elder Abuse Awareness Day, which was marked this past week. How can we make sure elder abuse doesn't happen to us as we age? To talk more about this issue, Maureen Etkin is on the line. She is the Executive Director of Elder Abuse Ontario. Maureen, since World Elder Abuse Awareness Day was launched in 2006, how have we become collectively more aware of the problem? Well, I think that um, in the last 10 years, there's been a lot more discussion of elder abuse. I would say prior to that, it was pretty much in the closet. People really didn't talk about it. And by having these awareness events, people are starting to recognize it as an issue and to talk about it more and to understand how it impacts not just uh, seniors, but it really impacts uh, whole families. And it is usually committed by family members in almost all of the cases, right? Um, Well, by family members and paid caregiver. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so certainly someone where there's a relationship of trust. It could be a close friend, it could be a lawyer, but um, very often it is a family member. What leads to elder abuse? And and I understand that it can be financial abuse, it can also be physical abuse. Is it just the vulnerability factor of a person as they age? I think that comes into it, but I think it's much more than that. I feel that ageism plays a real uh, part in this. I feel that growing older today in our society, it's not really looked upon as very favorable. And and so I feel that older people are not valued. And I think that in today's families, um, you know, a lot of times what you see, especially with the financial abuse, is kind of a sense of entitlement. Uh, sometimes there's a lot of family issues that get mixed up. So if mom and dad move in with one of the siblings, they sometimes get uh, anxious, you know, because uh, mom is living with my sister, is she going to get more out of it? Is mm-hmm. she going to get the house? Is she going to benefit some way? Right. Now, are some individuals, some the people that would be committing elder abuse, do they have to be more prone to committing these crimes? Do they have to have certain characteristics to go down that path to begin with? I don't think there's a lot of evidence to support that. It, it gets more tied up in, in opportunism and greed. And, and uh, sometimes I think uh, children perhaps aren't aware even that someone else might call that elder abuse. Mm-hmm. You know, you find sometimes when the adult children move back home to be with the parents, they kind of fall into the same roles that they have as children. And they expect that mom and dad are going to take care of them. They don't think that they should pay rent. They don't see anything wrong with, you know, eating the food and and never contributing. And if they move back with um, young children, they feel, oh, you know, mom and dad will be just so pleased to take care of the grandchildren. Right. Well, how can you protect yourself against that before becoming an elder abuse victim, say in the decade or two before that might happen, so you can prepare yourself as a Zoomer, as a boomer, uh, ahead of those years when you may be taken advantage? 
advantage of. Yeah, and I think that's an excellent point. I think, you know, knowledge is power. So first of all, we have to recognize that elder abuse occurs, and it occurs in the best families, the worst families. Nobody is safe from it. So you need to have the conversation about how you want to live in the future. Do you want to continue to live, uh, you know, in your own home that, you know, this money is ours. Maybe we are going to be leaving you a legacy. This is what it might be, but, you know, we want to enjoy our life. But I think it's kind of discussing these issues. And it's really, really important to look at your finances, to look at your estate, and to see how it's going to be managed. Sort of an evolution of the parent-child relationship. When our children are young, we set ground rules and boundaries, and and that needs to be reestablished in a different way with adult children. Absolutely. I mean, you know, if your adult children kind of move in, uh, you know, I I think that it's really important that maybe you have an agreement before they move in. How long are you staying? Mm -hmm. We're very happy to help you out during this time, but we expect you to contribute to the food or we expect that you eat whatever we're going to cook or, you know, whatever. Like, it's really always good to put it in writing. I know we feel that, oh, it's family and, you know, we we shouldn't, but uh, I tell you, people's memories are uh, very uh, variable. And so, you know, maybe what you're saying to your daughter is, you know, I want to help you out. I'm going to lend you the money. And sometimes the daughter might hear it's a gift with no strings attached. Right. You know, as parents, we expect a degree of respect from our children. That shouldn't change, you know, as we age and as they age. And you, as an older adult, are just as entitled to live your life the way that you want to as anyone else. So I think sometimes uh, older people, you know, they need to stand up for themselves. And I'm hoping that the the boomer generation has a great uh, history of, you know, being very proactive, talking about mistreatment, talking about rights. And I think that we have to continue that conversation with our family and our friends um, so that, you know, growing old is seen as, as a very enviable position to be in. Right. Preventing elder abuse before it happens. I thank you very much for that refreshing perspective on the issue. Thank you, Maureen. Thank you so much. Maureen Atkin is the Executive Director of Elder Abuse Ontario. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Jane Brown, filling in for Libby Snymer. We'll take a quick break, and then I'll be joined by the American doo-wop legend, J.T. Carter, singer of Sixteen Candles. Moses Neimer's annual Premier Meeting of the Minds has wrapped up for another year. This year's Idea City was the Sweet 16 version of the event, known as the Incubator of Inspiration. And so, appropriately, the man who sang the 1958 hit song, 16 Candles, kicked off this year's Idea City. At 74, J.T. Carter of the Crests is still very much young at heart. I had the pleasure of speaking with him for a few minutes on the sidelines of Idea City. What was life like for you when you were 16 years old? Well, when I was 16, the girls I liked were 19. (laughs) And uh, it was a wonderful experience when we finally had a hit record. And everybody was doing backflips to be there. And we were glad to be there with Alan Freed and Dick Clark and Elvis Presley. 
Marilyn Monroe and all of the ones, the Kennedys, we partied with the Kennedys, back during a good time, and also my good friend who was at that time Sammy Davis Jr. So How, what being was, 16 was a lot of fun. What was that experience like to all of a sudden be so well known, to be a household name, to have a song that everybody knows the words to? Yeah, well, we can't get away from the song. I mean, uh, since then, uh, the 16, uh, like, you know, the, the numbers changed places. It turned to be 61, and now it's 70-something. Uh, uh, and it was, uh, uh, it, it, the way it happened, it really couldn't be believed because it was a story and a dream come true. At 74, yeah. how do you feel physically? different than you did when you were a young man. Do you feel, are you well, are you healthy? Well, I can still run pretty fast. Yeah, I, I, can, I can see the moves on stage. Especially if I had to get away. I mean, if it's something <laughs> that I don't need, a speeding ticket or something, you know. No, I can run very fast. I'm in excellent shape. My father was 110 when he passed, and it wasn't because of uh, illness. And the music is what keeps me alive. I, I'm a voice teacher, and I teach people and train people, and they learn that there's a better world when you can sing and perform let's for everybody. Let's talk about that evolution uh, and using music as the tool to age well. What does the music do for you? Is, would you say that that's the key to your longevity? Yeah, that is the key. I mean, when you get in the shower, the first thing you do, you start singing. I don't care who it is. And it, it, uh, it just lifts you up. It's an uplifting experience. It's in the church. Uh, you can start wars with music. Music is one of the most powerful things that there is. And you just, so you sing every day, you dance every day, you're active every day. Every day I sing, uh, 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 yeah, all kind of music, operatic music and uh, whatnot. I was with the Metropolitan Opera Company for some time in New York, so I do all kinds. And in terms of uh, the message that Moses was speaking about on stage, that back in the day, that you talked about being in love and now music references making love. Talk about that difference for us. Well, the difference is uh, the only thing I ever wanted to do is have kids and a family. I mean, I wanted to party and have fun and do all that crazy stuff. But then again, you know, at the end of the day, I wanted to leave something behind and I wanted to have kids uh, that, that love music and that taught their kids how to love music. And the attraction will always be there all over the world. It's, it's something that you cannot change or uh, redo. Nothing can take the place of music. And do you think that you're, a person is born with a, with a positive attitude, with a willing to live life to its fullest? Or is that something that you can gain over time, you can become better at? Well, uh, uh, if you don't mind me changing the question a little bit, if you can hear uh, our music, do wop a do wop do wop a do, and you just play that music and you watch a baby in the crib, you'll see them start to listen, they'll start to twist, they'll start to turn, and they'll start to smile because the music is very pleasing and it's a very uh, good, good uh, way of uplifting any situation. You, if you want to make friends, you sing to people. If you want to make enemies, you can sing to them too. Extremely important, and it's what we all need. 
just want to wrap up by talking about, you mentioned your father was 110 right. when he died. What kind of an influence did he have on your life? Well, my father let me do everything I wanted to do, good and bad. He let me experience the mistakes. Uh, he taught me how to uh, teach others and how to uh, give uh, knowledge and, 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 and good thoughts to other people. And all my life, I've never been segregated against. I've never felt like I've ever been pushed down or pushed back by anybody or anything. And so whenever I step up to the plate, I think the light is on me. And it is through heritage and through love and through uh, peace. If it comes to fight, I'm ready to fight too. But I'll fight for happiness. It was a pleasure to have a few minutes with you. Thank you so much, sir. My pleasure. That was my conversation with J.T. Carter of The Crests. I'm Jane Brown for Libby Snymer, and this is the Zoomer Weekend Review. In just a moment, we'll return to hear that iconic song, 16 Candles. Welcome back to the Zoomer Weekend Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Jane Brown, filling in for Libby Snymer. It's time for the International Arts Datebook. Tips for those of you who are jetting around the world. Here's Bob Kompsik. In New York City, Alicia Silverstone stars in the play of Good Stock. She plays one of three sisters who are witty, brilliant, beautiful, and a total mess, thanks to the legacy of their complicated novelist father. It's at the Manhattan Theater Club City Center. In the Windy City, it's the first major exhibition in 17 years devoted to Chicago-born, L.A.-based sculptor Charles Ray. Charles Ray Sculpture 1997-2014 is at the Art Institute of Chicago to London, England, where the classic film Breakfast at Tiffany's is accompanied by a choir and an orchestra. It takes place at Royal Albert Hall. And in Paris, a new exhibition explores the origins of tattooing and presents the revival of this phenomenon. I'm Bob Comsick with the International Arts Datebook. Before we say goodbye today, we'll hear J.T. Carter and the Crests with the song that had everyone swaying and on their feet at Kerner Hall for Idea City's Sweet 16 this past week. It was first written and recorded in 1958 and quickly jumped to the number two spot on the Billboard charts. Later on, it was featured on the hit-laden soundtrack to the film American Graffiti. And just over 10 years later, it was once again featured on the silver screen when the Stray Cats covered it for the famous John Hughes movie that shares the song's name. But right now, it's the original 1958 version, sung by J.T. Carter and the Crests. Here is 16 Candles. Happy birthday, happy birthday, baby, oh, I love you so. That was the Crests with 16 Candles. Singer J.T. Carter was a special guest at this year's Idea City Conference, where he performed the legendary song for a packed Kerner Hall. And that's it for today's edition of the Zoomer Weekend Review. I'm Jane Brown. Thanks for joining me. Libby Snymer returns next week. Be sure to tune in and stay up to date with all things Zoomer worldwide. You've been listening to the Zoomer Weekend Review. Produced by MZ Media Limited. Executive producer Moses Snymer. Produced by Paul Thomas. 
Program Director, John Vandriel. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on AM740 Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.